Nestled between the Netherlands, Germany, Luxembourg, Switzerland, France, and the North Sea lies a little country called Belgium. When you go back a couple of thousand years to ancient Belgium, you'd find an area inhabited by Celts and Germanic peoples before the Romans took over around 100 BC. Belgium's history mixes with that of France and Germany and the Netherlands considerably. The Belgium we know today gained its independence from the Netherlands in 1830. It's also the place where the European Economic Community was created in 1958, which we know today as the European Union. Where I live on the prairies here in Canada, Belgium is probably best known for Liège waffles or more likely its beers. I imagine few Belgians are avid drinkers of Stella Artois, especially when you consider that Belgium is home to 1150 original beers produced by 146 breweries run by 44 different beer companies. In Canada, we pride ourselves on our thirst for beer, but I think it's safe to say we aren't catching up to Belgium anytime soon when it comes to beer production. But perhaps my favorite Belgium fact comes from the late British author Douglas Adams, who wrote The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. This is from the Hitchhiker Wiki. Belgium is the rudest word in the universe, yet by a strange coincidence, also the name of a country on Earth. In the secondary phase, it is stated as completely banned in all parts of the galaxy, except in one part, where they don't know what it means. Join me as we plunk ourselves down in the middle of the action in Western Europe in the city of Antwerp, on the expats. Welcome to The Expats. I'm your host, Adam Rosenhart, based out of Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. You know, they say playing Russian roulette can be dangerous. So what's the equivalent of chat roulette-style apps like Omegle? Well, it's less dangerous for one, and for Jamie Bell, it resulted in an unexpected move to Belgium. It was a complete accident, to be honest. We were both on a chat room. It's kind of like chat roulette. It's called Omegle. Oh, yeah. And um, it's just a website that connects you to a stranger anywhere in the world, and you can chat with them. Um, I was avoiding my homework, and so was he. And we just kind of found each other that way. And we had like a 20-minute conversation on this website. We exchanged Facebooks, and eventually we just kind of started to talk more and more. Cool. And how old were you when this was taking place? I was 19. So when you're doing this and, and getting to know this guy, are you a little nervous that he's, you know, halfway across the world, but something's developing? I was totally nervous. And it's funny, I kind of was trying to play it cool for maybe five months. And he always teases me about it now that we're together. Um, because I he would always joke about maybe us traveling together someday. And I would, he would say, Oh, we should go to Ireland. And I would say, yeah, like I hope to go there with my girlfriends one day or by myself. You know, I was trying to 
seemed like I wasn't too interested because it was really scary. I was starting to get to know someone on a deeper level than a lot of my friendships in Canada were. And I had never met this person before. So it was very intimidating. And how long did you uh, speak to each other over the web before you finally decided to meet in person? Uh, We met on the chat site in April. And then he came to visit me that December in Canada. And that's when we first met. So he came, did he come to visit over Christmas? He did, yes. Oh, that sounds like it might be kind of an intense thing to do. (laughs) It really was. And it's funny looking back on it now. I, he's not really the risk taker kind of guy. So I'm not really sure what convinced him to get on a plane by himself and fly to Canada to see me. But it was definitely a great experience. And it was one of those things where we were both really nervous until we got into my car. And then it was like we were old buddies who were just trying to catch up. You know, it was it was very strange. It felt like we had known each other for a very long time. Oh, that sounds wonderful, actually. How did your family react to this this interloper coming over from Europe to visit you? Um, well, I was 19 and in college at the time, and my college was about five hours away from my parents. Um, my parents live near Stratford, Ontario, Mm -hmm. and I went to school in North Bay, Ontario. So I actually didn't tell them that he was coming to visit me. (laughs) (laughs) They, they knew nothing about him until after we had already met and spent the week together. And I told him, I told them that Um, I had met this guy and he was from Europe and they had a lot of questions, but I kind of skirted around those questions and just said, you know, I really like this guy and I hope it goes well and we'll see if we can do this long distance thing until we figure stuff out. And you did long distance for, for quite a while, didn't you? Yeah, we did. I think in total it was two and a half years, maybe. Whoa. Was that, that must've been hard. It was really hard and it was really frustrating on one hand I'm really happy that we did long distance because I had never traveled really Mm -hmm. and so obviously you know every five or six months when I got enough money I would fly to Belgium to see him and he would fly to Canada and it kind of opened my world a little bit to you know the possibilities of what I could do with my life yeah so I mean it was really frustrating and difficult, but I think that it changed me as a person in ways that I couldn't explain. Yeah. And then, so this, you, this two and a half year period of, of back and forth, you would go visit him, he would come visit you. When did you finally decide it was time to pull the trigger and live together? Um, I think it was around like the year and a half mark. I started to get really annoyed with how much money we were spending <laughs> <laughs> because it was just... I mean, like I was fresh out of college and, you know, Canadian education tuition costs are ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So I was paying off my student loans and I was working full time all while trying to budget enough money to go see him every five months. And I just kind of started to get frustrated because seeing each other twice a year just isn't it's not you can't keep that going for very long. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the main decision was your frustration. (laughs) I think so. Yeah. And I, so we started to talk about, you know, who would move where and how we would do it. And he was still in university at the time. And I 
you know, like I said, the long distance thing kind of changed my world a little bit and I was really open to moving. So it just worked out that at the time he couldn't move and I was excited to move. So that's kind of how we decided which country we would try and live in first. Yeah. So it doesn't sound like it was at all a tough decision for you. It really wasn't. I thought that it was going to be because, you know, I have a really big family. Like I come from a family with seven kids and, you know, a bunch of nieces and nephews. And I had, you know, I just graduated college and I was just starting out in my career in social work. And I thought that it was going to be a really tough decision. But as soon as I got, I applied for a holiday working visa Mm -hmm. and that's a 365 day visa. And as soon as I received approval for it, I, it, I, it almost felt like a relief. Like I almost was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm very excited about it. That's great. So you, you pack up all your stuff, you move to Belgium. Um, what was it like getting settled in a country that you'd only up to this point visited a few times? It was really difficult at first, the first month and a half Um, we, it was still the summer and we were living in his parents' house. We hadn't settled into our own apartment yet. Mm -hmm. So the first month and a half kind of just felt like a really long vacation. (laughs) (laughs) You know, after the first two weeks, I was like, oh, I'm still here. (laughs) And then, you know, three or four weeks went by and I was like, oh, we're still, we're still hanging out together. (laughs) And then, um, when we moved into our apartment in early September, we moved to the city of Antwerp. Okay. And it's one of the biggest cities in Belgium and it's one of my personal favorites I think I'm biased because we lived there but (laughs) (laughs) um, we moved there and I had never lived in a city before I've always been rural Ontario I you know the closest person was a 10 mile hike down the road Yikes! but it was really interesting I don't know I really enjoyed living in the city a lot more than I thought that I would yeah. Did it feel like, I mean, obviously you're, you're moving from a living in the rural areas of Ontario to moving to a larger city in Europe. Was there, was there an element of culture shock there for you? There totally was. And it wasn't what I expected. It was more in, I think the culture shock laid more in how much I enjoyed the changes. <laughs> like I'm, I'm a very like, anxious person yeah so moving to a big city in itself is kind of scary but in a big city where I don't know the language and it's a completely different continent and like I thought that it would be very scary but I was very surprised at how accommodating people were to the fact that I didn't speak Dutch and it didn't it didn't take me long to settle in Mm -hmm. which was really nice I did go through a really tough time I had a tough time finding people who could relate to my situation. Okay. So a lot of the friendships that I made were just people passing through travelers that I had met because it's such a big city. Yeah. So I think that the biggest shock for me was, you know, like five months into my move, I realized that I really didn't have any, you know, stable friends and I hadn't really put a lot of effort into like building my life. And I, for a while, it kind of felt like I was still on vacation, which is, I think, why it felt so nice. Yeah. It took me a while to realize that I was actually living in this place. I can imagine. Um, how did how did you seek out some of those friendships? Uh, is there a large expat Canadian community in Antwerp? Um, I am 
my biggest advice to anyone who moves anywhere is social media is your best friend. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I would have. I do have quite a few close friends now who are also expats in Belgium. Um, one of them is Canadian. I met her. There is a Canadian and Americans in Antwerp group on Facebook. Okay. And I joined it and it's funny. People post things a lot like, oh, I miss, you know, craft dinner mac and cheese. Did it, does anyone know where I could find some <laughs> or things like that? So it's mostly like it's it's a fun group to be a part of. But I think that I just joined a bunch of expat groups and I tried to put myself out there as much as I could to see if anyone's situation fit mine and maybe we could go for a coffee and compare <laughs> our life stories. Mm -hmm. And I ended up doing that um, with a woman from England and she's one of my best friends. I have no idea how I would live in this country without her. So I'm really happy. Like I, I'm really happy that I decided to put myself out there. Yeah. And you're also, you're also blogging. You've got a, a, a website that you update pretty frequently. How has that um, impacted your perception of the country that you're living in? It's honestly changed my perception so much to the point where I'm actually blown away by how many people move for love. Oh, you know, yeah. you hear you hear a lot of people talk about how they travel somewhere or, you know, they moved because they started, you know, their job relocated them. But there are so many people whose stories are so similar to mine. And it just feels so amazing to connect with those people. Um, do you blog? Are you are you posting like once a week? Is it something that you really think about as you're as you're living your life? Like this, this would be a really good blog post. Yeah, lately I have um, started a bit of a schedule. Um, I post every Wednesday now, and they go back and forth now. Um, my boyfriend and I are actually expecting our first child together. Oh, congratulations! Thank you. <laughs> um, so they go back and forth from being, you know, expat guides, learning different languages, travel. And now I've just kind of started to ease in the, you know, I'm becoming a parent in a new country post. Yeah. So it's, I think that the blog will take a little bit of a turn as my life does. But like I said, it's really crazy. When I started the blog, it was really just a way to update my friends and family on my life here. Mm -hmm. And it turned into this huge thing where I get emails saying, oh, you know, your story is so similar to mine and the way you've handled this really makes me appreciate my life. And it's been really helpful reading someone else who's going through the same situation. And like it's really become something that I think about in my everyday life when my boyfriend and I decided to have a baby in Belgium immediately I was like, okay, like there are probably a lot of other couples who, you know, are multicultural, multi-international couples who are thinking, you know, where are we going to raise our family and where do we put down roots if we're both from different countries? So immediately after we made the decision to start a family and got pregnant, I was so excited to share it on my blog. And it's been really great to have the support of my readers and to know that my story can help other people make decisions in their life too. That's great. Now you, you mentioned that you do posts about learning the language and that sort of thing. So um, other than English, are you starting to speak, uh, you know, well, whatever languages they speak in, in Belgium, because there are a few, aren't there? 
Yeah, it's super confusing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So in Belgium, um, Dutch and French are the two main languages. And then English and German are kind of the secondary. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really frustrating <laughs> because I have started to learn Dutch. I took a course the first time I moved here and I met some friends that way. Um, and then when I moved, I had to move back to Canada for a little while. Okay. And I completely lost all, like everything I learned. It just fell out of my head, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like learning a language, if you don't keep learning it it just kind of goes away (laughs) Mm -hmm, for sure so um it's been it's been a challenge because there are a lot of different dialects of the same language like you travel two hours in one direction and people start to sound a little different and they use different phrases so when you you know i have a ton of language books on how to learn dutch but you know, Flemish Dutch is a lot different than the old-fashioned Dutch. And so it's it's just kind of, I think the biggest thing that will help me is getting out in my area, in my town, and mm-hmm. speaking with people, because the dialects are just so different everywhere you go. Right. So you kind of just have to learn by immersing yourself in it. It's not something yeah. you can pick up from a textbook necessarily. Yeah. And now that pressure is really on because soon my son will be here and he will speak Dutch with his father and I might not be able to follow along. So (laughs) I think I should probably get moving on that. No kidding. (laughs) Now, um, you've been, how long have you been living in Belgium uh, since you moved there? So, like I said, I moved here twice. The first time was in 2013 and I stayed for 10 months. And essentially, um, I just kind of ran out of money. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, I I had to move home. Like I said, the visa that I had was a holiday working visa. And it was for 12 months. Mm -hmm. And around month 10, my savings account was not looking very good. (laughs) (laughs) So um, we went to um, our government here in Belgium and asked if there was any other... Um, visa that we could qualify for because with the holiday working visa you can only work for a certain amount of that time and then the rest of the time has to be dedicated to vacationing okay so I had worked the allotted amount of time and I was running out of money so we went to the city hall and asked if there was another visa that we were eligible for and they mentioned that we were eligible for a common law visa but that we would have a lot of problems with it because my boyfriend was still in university and he didn't have an income. And with those types of visas, you have to prove that the person who is native to the country could support the other person if needed. I see. Okay. So the first time I lived here for 10 months and then, you know, the money thing and we weren't sure about which visa we could do. So I ended up moving back to Canada And I stayed there for nine months. And in that nine months, I was told that we, there was a way around that whole financial aspect of the visa that they in Belgium didn't tell us about. Oh, damn it. (laughs) So, yeah, I, I think I moved home for no reason, but I don't, everything happens for a reason, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. So eventually I moved back 
And that was in February of 2014. Okay. And I have been here since then. So I've been here for almost two years straight now. That's great. And what is it that you miss about Canada other than, you know, friends and family? Is there anything that you think about? You mentioned craft dinner earlier. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Honestly, lately in this pregnancy, it's been Tim Hortons. I've had such a craving for Tim Hortons apple cider. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But aside from food, um, I think I miss how open it was. Belgium is very, very small mm-hmm. <laughs> in comparison to Canada. And especially living in rural Ontario, where my backyard was, you know, 15 acres of nothing. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's very different that all the towns and the houses are very squished together here. So I think that I do, I do enjoy the European look and the architecture and all that, but I think I sometimes miss the wide open spaces. Yeah, I've heard that from a few other expats. It's uh, something that I don't, I don't think Canadians realize how good they have it in that sense until they experience another country. I really, like, I think I took it for granted so much when I lived there. Yeah, definitely. Now, tell me a little bit about the advice that you would give to other people who are maybe considering an expat experience maybe they fall in love with someone from another country what would you tell someone who's thinking they might want to try living somewhere outside of canada i would say that the one thing that i've learned for sure is that nothing is for sure there's no certainty that it's going to work out whether you move for love or for work or just to move there's no certainty that it's going to work out but there's also no certainty that it won't so it's it's really just a jump in kind of thing. And even if you don't feel like a jump in kind of person, um, I really think that everyone should try living abroad for, you know, even just a month to go live somewhere and experience a new place in a different light because it really changes your perception of everything. I'm pleased to tell you that Jamie and her partner have had their baby, little boy Lucas, and despite a long labor, all are doing very well. You can read all about their beautiful life at TravelPrayLove.com. That concludes this episode of The Expats. If there are any expats you think I should be speaking with, have them email me at info at expatspodcast.ca or send me an email yourself. And let's keep building this global community of Canadians living abroad. I've been your host, Adam Rosenhart. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to The Expats on the iTunes Music Store, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. And make sure you leave us a review. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch up again in a couple of weeks.